You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 146 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne with you once again. Uh, boys, how we doing? Doing good, Harp. Good weekend. Uh, just passed. Got to see the Leafs play in person again. I think that's the fourth game I've been to in Toronto, and uh, that's four wins I've seen now. So I continue my streak of never seeing the Leafs lose in person and never seeing the Blue Jays lose in person either. I'm kind of a good luck charm in Toronto, so if you have any playoff tickets, give them to me. Good luck charm indeed. And Casey, you didn't even mention the massive bet that you placed on the Leafs that night. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Sunday night, I saw that Detroit was down 2 nothing at the first intermission and Toronto was down one nothing. And I thought, uh, two great candidates for a comeback here. Why not throw $5 on both of them coming back and winning in a parlay? That returned me $135. Big time. Like, uh, low, tiny risk, $5. Huge reward. And Chad, the best part of it is telling me to cash out the whole game. Oh, Casey, Detroit's uh, tied now. You could make $5. Cash out. You should cash out. Shalgren's in that. They're going to lose. Cash out. Cash out. Oh, $15. Cash out. $20. Cash out. How's 135 sound, Chad? I mean, hey, I'm jealous now. And if it were me, I probably would have cashed out. I don't know if I would have done it at the $5 mark, but I definitely would have done it at like the $40 mark. Or I think it was at 45 when we were seriously yeah. considering it. But, like, I just, you know, the Leafs won on Saturday night against the Bruins, and we knew that that game was going to go that way. We knew the Leafs were going to show up. And then I thought, okay, back-to-back against Carolina with travel, early game, Eric Shelgren is playing. There's zero chance that they don't lose a silly one, 7-6, and they didn't. So, you know, that was a good bet to make. I just didn't didn't believe in that one. But uh, I guess that's why, you know, these sports betting platforms take all of our money because crazy things happen every single game and every single night. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing well, man. I played a round of golf this weekend and it was probably the last round of the season. Uh, got a new putter as well. One of my buddies who I was playing with, he just got a new one. So I bought his old one from him. So it, it's the uh, it's the spider. So I'm pretty happy to continue using that. It was nice to play with on uh, Saturday. So that was good. But yeah, just all things considered, like things are looking up for the Maple Leafs. And uh, yeah, it, it's actually reading week for me too. So just things are, are well. Yeah. How about you, Harp? Yeah, things are good. Uh, you mentioned you got out for some golf over the weekend, and um, man, the the weather lately has just been fantastic for early November. It's been so warm. It was 25 degrees here on Saturday in Brockville, I think, which is just absurd, again, for early November, but really nice weekend. Uh, went to the Senators game on Saturday. The game didn't exactly go well for the Senators. They lost uh, 2-1 to one to the Philadelphia Flyers. They've now lost five in a row, four and seven out of the gate, and uh, that's a little segue into what we're going to be talking about in this episode after Fantasy Corner, and that is disappointing starts. 
to the 22-23 NHL season, whether it be player or team. Last week, of course, on Halloween, we did uh, spooky good starts and or scary good starts, excuse me. And uh, so this week we uh, have to get a little negative and uh, and talk about the uh, the teams uh, and or players that have uh, had disappointing starts out of the gate. So uh, before we get into all that, gentlemen, uh, let's go into a little fantasy corner. Uh, this is week four, so we're a month in. And uh, Case, let's start with you. Well, I won my week against, I took the walk to Poland. Um, <laughs> I had to ask Chad what that was or who that was. But um, it was close all week. Very close. We're all, we're, pretty low on on average points but uh close matchup right until the end and then sunday night i i kind of forgot to to take a peek and brandon montour came up big on that nine o'clock game or nine thirty, i think it was against anaheim he had a goal and three assists to uh to kind of put this one away and i ended up winning 179.35 to 150.65 um i'm gonna go ahead and say my player's of the week. I'd normally do a player that came up big for me. My players are my defense. A couple guys stepped up huge for me. Heiskanen, 21 points. Brandon Montour, 24.75 points. And Owen Power, 22.25 points for me this week. And I will say for this week, the uh, player who was a bum was the NHL scheduler mm. because they scheduled the Every single game on Tuesday and Thursday and Saturday, meaning that everyone's bench was full on those days and no one was playing Monday, Wednesday. So everyone's total points took a hit this week, thanks to the schedulers. So thanks a lot. Everybody's total points took a hit unless you had Bo Horvat on your team because, my God, he had an incredible week, except for... His shootout miss. I don't know if you guys saw that. His shootout miss against Nashville. I have Demko in my other league. I really needed that win. He came in, Bo Horvat in the shootout, after you know blowing the 3-0 lead. He came in in the shootout, skated over the puck as he was halfway in, and uh, blew it there. But other than that, you know, little blunder. He had 41 points for me this week. Uh, I won my week, obviously, against uh, Corey, the mail-order brides, by 100 points. It wasn't even close. Uh, I had 240. He had 139. There's a reason that I'm 4-0 and he's 0-4. wasn't even close. And uh, I I've been gloating in, in the group chat about it because... I need someone to dethrone me here or else my head is just going to get, you know, ginormous and, you know, I'm going to end up blowing it in the playoffs. So I need some controversy here. And if you're in the fantasy league, if you're one of the 20 guys in the fantasy league, listen up, be better, you know, make your pickups earlier, earlier in the week. Give me a challenge. And, uh, you know, now that I've said this, I'm, I'm going to go 0 and 4 my next four weeks or something like that. But uh, I just wanted to get that out there because I had actually a really good week and, and Bo Horvat was a big part of that. And what I've been doing for the, this fantasy corner, like at the end of it, every single week I've been saying, you know, players to pick up. 
I will say that uh, the Bruins are another team this week that play four games, um, and this is another week where the schedule is kind of condensed into two or three days, and, and it's really heavy on two or three days this week. So the Bruins play four games. There might be a solid pickup out there. Um, I know Matt Grizzlick, he's back. He hasn't played a ton of games, so that might be a solid pickup if you're in need of a defenseman to get some games played. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'll say. Harp, how did your fantasy week go last week? It was good. Picked up my uh, picked up a win for the second straight week. One ninety two to one sixty over Book Hockey, and I believe that's our buddy Connor Coe yep. in uh, in our league. So yeah, uh, second uh, second straight week uh, with a win for me. So two and two on the season, and uh, things seem to be trending upwards for the Sunnyvale hockey team, which is good to see. And my performer was Jeff Skinner of the Buffalo Sabres. But funny thing about uh, Skinner having 28 fantasy points is that I think most of them came from one single game, and that was Monday night Halloween when our last episode dropped against the Detroit Red Wings when Tage Thompson had a six-point night. So Skinner definitely benefited from uh, feeding Thompson the puck that night and being on his wing, and uh, he had 28 fantasy points for me. And I will say an honorable mention, Moritz Sider had a big week for me as well. I believe he had close to 25 points uh, in in fantasy. So, yeah, another good week, and uh, looking to keep that going against our good... Good buddy, Nate Ganyu for week five. That should be a good matchup. He has a good squad, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. No, he sure does. And uh, I think the projections uh, say that it's it's going to be pretty close between the two of us. So, yeah, looking forward to it. But happy to uh, have uh, my first couple of wins under my belt here. <laughs> new year, new Harper and fantasy. I- I'm loving to see it. <laughs> Well, I'm actually I'm trying to do a better job of keeping up with my lineups this year and not being lazy like I was last year and actually move up the standings a little bit. So anyway, we're 500 now. Looking forward to keeping it going here. Yep, top eight teams make the playoffs, and I'll actually I should do uh, maybe the top five while I have it up here um, in in the league. Number one is myself, multiple scoregasms. And then number two is Kuznetsov's third line. That's a great name. That's my buddy Jacob uh, from Osgood. Number three is Pappy's Milk. And that name is just never going to go away because it's fantastic. And that's uh, our buddy Josh Maley. He's 3-1-0. Fourth place is Meathead Hockey Club. That's the tandem team of uh, our buddy Luke and Alan. Uh, they they have a great squad and they're probably the most active in the chat so good to see that they're up there in the top five and then number five is No Regretskis another great name and that's uh, Dylan Finley as well so that's the top five I might have to start reading the bottom five here to uh, incentivize guys to, to start you know setting their lineups and stuff because it's the usual suspects down there and we, we gotta light a fire under their butts and get them going yeah, let's do it. I think moving forward, we should uh, we should do the bottom five as well. That yeah, maybe good. shame them a bit. <laughs> All right, there we go. There is the um, <clears throat> excuse me. There is the uh, week four edition of Fantasy Corner, and uh, now let's get into 
disappointing starts for the 22-23 NHL season. So again, last week, guys, we talked about those scary good uh, starts out of the gate. And now let's get to uh, the uh, teams or players that have not started off the uh, 22-23 NHL campaign so well. So, Case, let's go to you first with your pick. Huge shout-out to SeatGeek for sponsoring the podcast. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek makes it extremely simple to buy tickets to all of your favorite sporting events, including Jays and Leafs games, and you can always find a great deal. On SeatGeek, all tickets are scored on a scale between 0 and 10, so you know if you're getting a good or a bad deal. Green is good and red is bad. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description to download the app, and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Summer is here and you know what that means. Extreme sports like spike ball and road hockey have returned and so is day drinking. The problem is we're not as young as we used to be and these summer activities can be draining on our bodies. When you push your body hard or just feel run down, it's extremely important to stay hydrated. When you make hydration a priority, it helps you feel healthier on a day-to-day basis. Enter Liquid IV. Whether you're playing sports or nursing a hangover, Liquid IV has you covered. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. The kicker? This stuff tastes good too, guys. Liquid IV has incredible hydration flavors like watermelon, strawberry, pina colada, and more, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. So get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH in all caps at checkout. So that's 25% off anything when you order using the promo code BOYS underscore IN underscore THE underscore BOOTH, all caps at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com. Shout out to Cocktail Bomb Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Cocktail Bomb Shop is a Canadian woman-owned small business and all of their cocktail bombs are proudly handmade in Montreal. Well, what is it and how does it work? Step one, you pick your favorite flavor of cocktail bomb and unwrap it. My favorite is definitely mojito. Step two, drop your cocktail bomb into eight ounces of sparkling water and watch it fizz for five minutes. Step three, add a shot of your favorite alcohol, some ice and enjoy it. Fellas, gents, boyfriends of the world, these cocktail bombs make the perfect gift for your lady friend because not only are they tasty, but they're Instagrammable as well. Right now, if you go to cocktailbombshop.ca and use the code BITV15, you can get 15% off your entire order. That's cocktailbombshop.ca. Use the code BITV15 at checkout for 15% off. Yeah, I had a hard time kind of choosing who I wanted to pick here. I I thought about maybe some players, but I don't really like dumping on one guy too much. So I thought I'd pick a team and I thought I'd pick a team that I was super high on at the beginning of the year in our uh, preseason rankings. I think I picked them second. I don't know where we, we landed as a group, but I'm going to pick the Nashville Predators and things started out hot with them playing in uh, Chechia, but 
man, it's bad, been bad since. And it's kind of br- bringing up the argument that maybe they shouldn't be doing these games mid-season because it seems like, I don't know, maybe there's some jet lag after starting the season so much earlier than everyone. They were 2-0 and in that series with San Jose. And then since, they lost... Uh, after that, they lost five in a row. And uh, breaking that up with a win over St. Louis, who also has been sucking. And then two more losses. But... I mean, thankfully, they just had a huge win over Vancouver, coming back 3 nothing. So maybe things are going to start turning around. But I, I tried to dive in deep to find out why this team was, it was underperforming so much. And it's a whole lot of average going on in this team right now. UC Soros has been very average in net after a Vesna-caliber season last year. Um, Roman Yossi is very average this season. One of my favorite players, so I hate to see it. Uh, a couple of the other guys, you know, they're they're coming back down to earth after huge seasons last year. And, you know, Matty D and Forsberg and Granlin. So a lot of average going on. They're also missing the depth scoring that they saw from guys like Tanner Janot last year and uh, Trenton and a couple others. And it's just been brutally average, but... Things look to be on the up. They've won two in a row now. They are expect to are expected to score more goals than they have been. So hopefully a few of these guys can get hot. But there's been no one blowing this team up, and it's been showing, and it's been hurting. Yeah, for sure. Nashville is a team I considered bringing up for a lot of the same reasons. You know, their goaltending hasn't been Vesna caliber like it was last season. Um, they haven't had unreal, incredible performances up front like they had from, you know, guys like Duchesne and Forsberg, et cetera, last season. So it's just like when we look at this team, and I think we mentioned this in our uh, division rankings episodes before the season started, like, this team had a lot of candidates for regression, including guys like Roman Yossi, who had an incredible year, despite how good he is. Like, that's a tough season to, to, to live up to and to follow up. So, you know, a lot of candidates for, the, for regression, but this start has just been, it's gone beyond that. It's like, you know, now they're, a lot of players are underperforming to the point where it's like, okay, when are we going to see them start? coming back up to what they're expected to you know you mentioned that they're generating more scoring opportunities than they're scoring at this point so it's one of those things where you can't really put you know a number on exactly what is going on in nashville um but there is just you know something that is not clicking like it was last season but if any team is going to figure it out uh i'm going to say it's this team here because if they can get goaltending even close to what they did last year uh i think that saros can can definitely carry them back up to you know playoff contention and and then if they get in like who knows you know they're built pretty well so i'm not too worried about the team but you're right case there is a lot of average here I'll tell you what one thing that has not been average, it's been well below average, and that's the league average, is the power play. And it's been mm. brutal. It's at 14.89%. The league average is 21.76 this early into the season. So they're certainly underperforming. And I know what a bad power play can do to a team. So they've they got to figure that out. And uh looks like you know, Niederreiter is the, has been the trigger man so far this year, but I don't think that that's sustainable. <laughs> and that's yeah, why that's Chad's right. been trying to trade him in fantasy so often. I was going to say, like, that's a guy who is actually having a really good start on this team, but 
that's not the type of player you want to be, you know, dominating your offense. You need your big boys to step up if you're Nashville. And last year we saw a glimpse of, you know, what they are capable of. And if you're a Preds fan like my buddy Kobe, I actually ran into him on the street the other day and and I was like, "Hey, you know, how's it going? Like, how's the uh, you know, how's it being a Preds fan?" And he's like, "Well, as a Leafs fan, you know damn well what it's like because our teams are underperforming." So, you know, if they can get back to at least somewhat close to what they were last year they're going to be a-okay uh, i'm not overly worried like i said right now but yeah there's been a whole lot of average and that power play is a bit concerning right now yeah i don't know uh what more to say about about the predators that you guys haven't touched on already is that um you know they're just they're a lot better than what they are right now and essentially they started off well beating san jose a couple of times and san jose is obviously uh going to be a a lottery team this year by the looks of it and and they're kind of headed into that rebuild but i think we all expect nashville to be a playoff team and at least to be in the mix down the stretch and um we were very high on them well I, i know case was and I certainly was too with the offseason that they had bringing in guys like McDonough and Niederreiter who you both mentioned but uh, yeah they just they they need some guys to step up offensively and uh, maybe John Hines needs to mix up the lines a little bit when it comes to the forward group and uh, we know that UC Soros can be a hell of a lot better than what he's been so far uh he is that good of a goaltender so um yeah they just uh they need to look in the mirror and step up or it's going to be more of the same and uh they should be one of the top teams in this division which we said going into this season that uh the central was looking a a little bit weaker heading into the season well Without looking, I'll give you guys $10, because Harpy said maybe some lineup shaking. I'll give you guys $10 if you can tell me what this second-line right-winger currently is for the Nashville Predators. Oh, God. I know Nino plays left. Correct. Um, is it Janot? Well, that would, you would think. Yeah, it's it is not Janot. Zach Sanford. Okay. Zach Sanford I is playing never on the second line right now, and... I don't know if that's them trying to shake things up or what it is, but yeah. I think maybe you want someone else passing to Nino Niederreiter and, and Ryan Johansson. But yeah, I, I, I said Jano because I, I know he plays both sides, and also that seems like a guy to have in your top six who can retrieve pucks. Isn't necessarily the most talented, but is you know a physical presence out there can retrieve pucks and make plays. Like we saw, had a kind of a breakout season last year, but that's interesting. I would have never guessed that. It seems like that side is, is a weak spot for them as the right wing. That, that is very interesting. I was not expecting um, to hear Zach Sanford's name. My guess was going to be, and I don't know if, if this was way off or not. My guess was going to be Philip Tomasino in Mm. that spot uh, for this team. But, uh, yeah, Sanford was a kind of uh, under-the-radar depth signing and, uh, you know, a guy to have in your bottom six. And so, wow, second-line right wing uh, for for them right now. That's interesting. All righty. Well, that is the Nashville Predators. Good pick, Case. Chad, let's get to you uh, with your pick for disappointing start to the season. 
Yeah, my pick for disappointing start kind of sticks with the the theme that Casey started. Picking a team who you were pretty high on to start the season, but has been underperforming for various reasons. So I'm going with the Pittsburgh Penguins. You guys both know that uh, you know I'm a big fan of Pittsburgh and and what they've built there, and I think they're still better than people uh, give them credit for. So. Pittsburgh Penguins, they were my horse at the start of the year. We had a big debate about you know who was better, them or, or the Washington Capitals, and it turns out uh, it doesn't matter because neither are very good to start this season. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm picking Pittsburgh because their record is 4-6-2. and two. They're seventh in the Metro. And, you know, if you were just looking at those surface-level numbers, you would think that they have just been getting smoked every night and are washed up and done. But... Uh, I just want to say that there's a few reasons why I'm not overly worried about this team, and uh, I'll get into a few kind of surface level and a, and a couple of advanced numbers here quick, and then we can kind of have a conversation about it. But they started the season four zero and one, as I'm sure you guys know. So that was you know great for me, as you know I made kind of the bold prediction that they were much better than Washington to start the year, and then you know i was like okay this is great this lives up to everything that i expected this team to be 4-0-1 perfect since then they've lost seven straight games okay they're 0-6 and 1 and they've blown a couple leads too like harper you know famously they blew that lead against the sabers uh they were they lost 6-3 and buffalo scored how many un- unanswered goals in that third period five Oh, well, there you go. So, it, it, like, that's that's a bit concerning in and of itself. But here's a few reasons why I think, you know, Pittsburgh is, is better than their record in, indicates right now, and I'm not overly worried, and, you know, I, and I'm kind of having my fingers crossed here that they're going to be good. Sid, Gino, and Gensel are all over a point per game, so there's no worries there. Latang as well, is having a, a good season so far. Uh, they've been good offensively at even strength. Uh, they're seventh in expected goals percentage at even strength, five on five. In all situations, they rank ninth, which, you know, to be top third of the league, that's not nothing. The goals are going to come eventually. Uh, Jari and DeSmith have both been slightly below average, but nothing too concerning. Um, so that's, you know, if that comes back to normal and Jari's able to be, you know, even half as good as he was last year, I think they're in for, you know, a few wins stolen by their goaltending, which is good news. Good to hear. And uh, like right now, it just seems like they're giving up too many chances for a team that is supposed to be elite. So I'm going to chalk that up really to a few guys on the back end, learning a new system and getting, you know, acquainted with this new, with this new look on the back end. And I'm talking about guys like Jeff Petrie, uh, Jan Ruta, etc. So I think there's a few things working against the Penguins right now. The record is not very good, but overall I'm not super concerned, but I had to bring them up as a disappointing team to start the season because I was so high on them at the start. Yeah. Well, I can I can tell you that they probably wouldn't have blown those leads and they'd probably be doing a lot better if it wasn't for one trade in the offseason because they gave us our best defenseman. Thank you very much. If they yeah. had John Marino, no problem at all. Or maybe yeah. it was a system. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't succeed there. But, man, that is making them look silly right now with all these chances they've given up. Yeah. Well, Ty Smith is in the minors too. That's a, that's a problem. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's not like Ty Smith is going to stop opportunities for the other team that's not really his mo yeah yeah exactly um definitely a concerning start uh for for the penguins losing seven in a row and being four six and two out of the gate like you mentioned chad and and i mean 
they they don't have anyone else to turn to other than you know the the guys that they decided to hang on to they decided to keep the band together um as the season continues to go on and as we get into you know um uh february and march and 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 what have you i'm not too worried about this team moving forward but the start is obviously concerning and um you know they they like i said they decided to to keep the band together and this is kind of what it's showing off the start and just my concern is it's not with the big guys obviously the crosbys the malkins the gensels the latangs and and uh and and whatnot but it's sort of that second layer you just don't really know what you're going to get out of the Kasperi Kapanins, who it seems like th- there's a guy right there that has had a kind of an up and down time there as as a Pittsburgh Penguin, and you don't know what you're going to get out of the Teddy Blugers, and you know Jeff Carter is not getting any younger, and and uh, you know are, are we going to see Jeff Petrie? Uh, come back to to the Jeff Petrie that uh, we know he can be, and is the goaltending going to hold up? Can Tristan Jari have another strong season like he did last year, and and all of those things? So um, you know, it's the same question as as the Capitals, although the the Caps I think have a little bit more leeway because of all the injuries, but it's. Uh, both of these teams are in the same spots and uh the the core is getting older they don't have a lot coming so this is what they've got and they just have to ride it out and um again as the season gets going i'm not too concerned but uh it can't be just your star players trying to do everything every single night they need those guys in that second layer to step up a little bit and uh, provide some uh secondary support yeah, I I would say that this team, they should be turning it around soon. Um, like you said, you have your superstars clicking. Eventually, you're going to get that depth support. And they are a team that has kind of controlled the play and the opportunities. They're, uh, I think they're top 10 in both like Corsi percentage and uh, expected goals forward, trying to make sure that we don't become an analytics podcast. But it's inevitable <laughs> at, this, at this point. Yeah. I just... Those are the numbers I look to, to to see if a team is still controlling the play. There's there's teams that you expect to be better, and when you see those numbers, it's maybe a lot of, of luck. Um, there is a stat that they kind of tie to luck. I, th- I forget if it's PLOD or PLDO, and it's uh, it's save percentage plus um, expected goals for or shooting percentage. And yeah. uh, I know that they are in the basement when it comes to that stat. So a lot of bad luck so far with the penguins and a lot of guys who i'm sure it doesn't really go to their head in pittsburgh because they've been here and they've done this i was gonna say it's not their first rodeo there's a reason they brought the core back you know i'm not worried about that i'm not even worried about the depth scoring because like i mentioned they're still generating their chances they're still getting their chances the problem has been on the back end they're just giving up too many chances for a team that's supposed to be elite you know like you'd like to see a team like pittsburgh in the top 10 in a stat like uh you know expected goals against right in in terms of the entire league like you'd like to see them give up fewer expected goals than 
you know, a third of the teams in the league because that's what Pittsburgh is known for. They play good offensively and defensively. And right now, the back end just isn't clicking, but they're still getting their chances up front. So, like I said, I'm willing to chalk that up to a few guys kind of getting used to that new uh, new system that they're playing in, Petrie, Ruta, etc. But uh, I think, you know, as long as they continue to kind of work through these kinks and and you know, I don't think it'll be that much of a problem, which is, you know, and I know we've talked about Washington already. We're not supposed to be talking about them because we each picked one team to to talk about it, having disappointing starts. But Pittsburgh doesn't really have the they're not getting the benefit of the doubt this year, like maybe Washington will if they miss the playoffs. Right. Like if Washington misses, everybody will say, OK, that might be a wasted year. But how many guys were hurt? You know, John Carlson, Connor Brown, Nick Backstrom, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So Tom Wilson, like big name players, right, who have missed extended periods of time. Whereas with Pittsburgh, like you've kind of got all your guys there. Like none of your big guys are missing. So you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt if you miss. Like they have to be good this year. And for that reason alone, like I think this team is going to figure it out. But like I did mention, I had to bring it up. I had to bring this team up as having a disappointing start because I was so high on them to start the year. Yeah, I, ex- I expect them to switch with Philadelphia eventually, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Yeah, that like there's, I, I mean, we're only like you know ten to fifteen games into the season here. Like, there's a lot of runway left here on the NHL season. Um, so no, we don't have to fire Sheldon Keefe. No. Uh, you know, John Tortorella isn't going to win the Jack Adams, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's things are going to move around here. Nobody's out of the race yet and nobody's secured a spot yet. So like there's going to be some flip flop, especially in that Metro, which is just kind of turned upside down right now. Not a knock on the Devils, not a knock on the Devils. I'll say that. But there's going to be some movement. That's for sure. And you know what they say, like, even though it is a a long 82-game season, that you kind of need to be in it at American Thanksgiving, right? Or else you're on the outside looking in, and it's very hard to make up that ground that uh, you didn't at the the start of the season. So, um, yes, it's early, and it's a long year, but... Uh, that's that's kind of the the benchmark is that you have to be in it or close at around American Thanksgiving and that's not too far away it seems like so uh, anyway all right two good picks guys Nashville and uh, and Pittsburgh um, that was a, a past Stanley Cup final of course and uh, the team that I'm going with who I know you guys both, thought of uh, for this and that of course is the St. Louis Blues and so we get the Penguins who have lost seven straight and we get the St. Louis Blues who have lost six in a row after going 3-0 and to start the season so three and six out of the gate they've lost six in a row as I mentioned um, I, again no surprise from me no fancy analytical stats or, or whatever from me but again just looking at the lack of production from some key guys kind of going back to what we were saying about um a lot of the key guys in nashville ryan o'reilly this is a contract year for him he's got one point in nine games to start the season jordan Cairo just signed that big eight-year deal at at over eight million per season uh this this past summer 
He's got three goals in nine games to start. Ivan Barbashev, one goal in nine games to start the season after a breakout year for him. Colton Pareko, one of the guys that they really count on um, on uh, on the blue line. Two assists in the first nine games. And then Jordan Bennington, three and four out of the gate with uh, an 897 save percentage. So there's, uh, there's a, a lack of production here from some key guys on the Blues. And again, with the goaltending, I, I, I really have some some questions because you look at Vili Husso who they uh, decided to let go in the offseason he goes to Detroit and Detroit is uh, you know they've kind of been up and down to start the season but they've got a good record and they they look like they're going to be in the race Um, and then you you bring in Thomas Grice who's an older veteran backup but you're really going back to Bennington as the guy like he was in the, the 2019 Stanley Cup Final against the Bruins. And again, Bennington just kind of showing early on his regular season struggles. And you hope that this team can turn it around and be a playoff team like we all expect them to be and that Bennington can really shine in the postseason. But um, yeah, th- this was a question going in with Bennington is what kind of goaltender are we going to see? Are we going to see the playoff Jordan Bennington? or the one who's kind of up and down in the regular season. And uh, beyond him, they have Thomas Grice and Joel Hofer, who's a, who's still a young guy who's developing. So um, the, the goaltending, definitely a, a bit of a concern for me. Again, for a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, this is a big year for him. He's looking for a, uh, a big extension in St. Louis. There, there have been some talks, but, I mean, that, that number's not going to be bigger than the the seven and a half that he's making right now if if this lack of production continues and the other point that I want to say about the blues that I heard from Elliot Friedman that I think is a really good point and it kind of contradicts what we were talking about in person when we were in Toronto a couple of weeks ago that this team is built like a playoff team and I think that what Elliot was saying that I, I I think is true is that they've kind of lost some guys that brought that identity and helped them win that Stanley Cup in 2019, and they've lost some of that size and grit that they had. Um, on, on the back end, obviously, Petrangelo is the one that sticks out like a sore thumb. Jay Bomeister obviously retired, and then with the forward group, you had guys like Maroon and Sunquist, who's a good player now in Detroit. So um, I, I think that I, I would have to agree with, with Elliot in saying that this team is, I think, it, it, they're just a little bit lost right now, and the identity of the team has sort of been turned over to the guys with speed and skill, like a Robert Thomas, a Jordan Cairo, a Jake Neighbors, eventually, we think, and so I think this team is just a little bit lost right now, and uh, they're looking to bounce back and get a win tonight against the Boston Bruins, against the former assistant coach Jim Montgomery, and just get this thing back on the rails, but definitely some concerns with the Blues. I do expect them to be a playoff team, but it hasn't started out well for them since uh, starting off 3-0. and So uh, a lot of rambling there on the Blues, but uh, what do you guys think? Oh, man, if you couple what Elliot Friedman was saying 
with my eye test of this team, it doesn't look good. Because if you're saying they've lost the gritty guys and that they've switched to speed, well, in my four periods, let's keep that in mind, four periods of watching the Blues this year, I thought that this team was skating in quicksand. They seemed so slow. The game was such a slow pace. And that was, you know, two of those periods was I'm playing against Edmonton. And I was like, man, why is this game look like in slow motion um so that that's a scary thought and if you told me at nine games in that justin falk would be leading this team in points i would have been <laughs> flabbergasted at that yeah. um but it's funny i i did look up because i was curious at where pittsburgh's landed on the pdo stat that's what it is not pldo pdo stat of save percentage plus shooting percentage um Pittsburgh's a little more in the middle than I thought they would be, but I'll tell you he was in the bottom of the league for that stat, and that's the St. Louis Blues at .954, and that's tough. That, that hurts. <laughs> that means things are just not going your way at all. Um, and, and to kind of prove that that stat isn't just skewed towards the bad teams in the league, uh, here's a couple te notable teams down in the bottom 10. There's the Minnesota Wild, the New York Rangers, the New Jersey Devils, Calgary Flames, and Carolina Hurricanes are all in the bottom 10 for PDO. So that tells me that, you know, it, it's it's not just a stat that correlates with the bottom teams in the league. And St. Louis is struggling here. They're, the puck is not going in, and the puck is not being saved. <laughs> There's not much else to add on the Blues here, uh, especially because I dropped out for like a minute or two. I don't know if you guys saw that. Maybe it wasn't that long, but I'm back now. It's because I was trying to do too much shit on my computer, streaming this on Twitch, doing tests and whatnot. But uh, for the Blues, I just wanted to say, like, don't you think they miss David Perron right now? You know, that was like the biggest head scratcher to me in the offseason. You know, aside from Huso, which like to me, I got that move because they didn't want to pay two goalies, you know, 10 million combined or whatever it would have worked out to, which fair enough. Like that's a that's a money decision. But you're telling me you couldn't get David Perron to come back for like, you know, three and a half or something and made the money work when he was a heart and soul guy for you for the last how many years? Uh, like, and then case we watched him in overtime the other night score or, or make a perfect tape to tape pass to Kubalik on the back door. And, and we were just pumped. Yeah. Like that was immediately what I thought of. Cause I had Perron in fantasy last year and he was a horse. He was great. And I was like, listen, like, you know, they are probably missing this guy right now. And it seems like they are. Cause they've got off to a terrible, terrible start, but case the PDO stat, that being, you know, that will probably work in their favor as the season goes on. They'll get luckier. They'll start burying their chances. And, uh, you know, so I'm not overly worried. I still think they're a good team. They're going to have to prove it pretty soon because, Harp, like you mentioned, American Thanksgiving is coming up. You know, they've got another, whatever it is, 10 games or so until then. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got to start figuring things out, things out like the other teams we talked about in this episode, too. And uh, we've seen this before with the St. Louis Blues, right? Like, who could forget, in January, they were dead last in the NHL that year that they won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, a lot of reports out there say that Doug Armstrong was pretty close to uh, saying, all right, that's it, 
I'm going to tear things down, and we're going to start over. He decided to hang on to his guys, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup. But, uh, you know, that, that's a great point about David Perron, Chad. I, I didn't mention him, but he, he goes to Detroit in the offseason, and uh, that's a big loss for sure. He was a big part of their identity. Not only could he... Um, or can he rather put the puck in the back of the net and and show some offensive abilities? But uh, he is one of those heart and soul guys for sure. So losing him and Petrangelo in uh, the the last couple of off seasons here, like those are really big losses from your Stanley Cup winning team. I mentioned uh, some of the other guys lower down the scale: the Sunquists, the the Maroons, the the Bolmeisters, and and so on and now it just it, it makes me wonder what's going to happen with with Ryan O'Reilly and or Vladimir Tarasenko as well if things don't get back on track here um but it's just been weird because even when things have been good and this team has been good they've just the the deck has been shuffled and especially going back to the to the Petrangelo thing it's like you know, Marco Scandella, when, when they acquired him a couple of years ago, he got an extension right away and now is out and that contract hasn't really worked out for them and they they couldn't come together with, with Petrangelo on a deal. And so there, there's been some odd business practices it, with the Blues, that's for sure. And so... Um, it, it may be coming back to bite them right now, although I agree. I think that this team will be fine and that uh, they'll be in the race at least, uh, if if not in a uh, in a playoff spot. Well, if they do start to tear things down and look to trade Tarasenko again, I, I talked about a team in their division who is looking for a right wing. Yeah, there you go. For you. I, I thought you were going to say the Devils because he was linked yeah, to them same. forever. No, no, we don't want that. Yeah. And, you know, how funny is it, Case, that, I mean, this is Devils related. This isn't about the Blues. But how funny is it that Johnny Gaudreau had the chance to go play for the Devils for the next seven years, and now he's in Ohio, and they suck? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's Three just funny. Yeah. It was, it, it was pretty great to beat them 7-1 and hold him to one shot. And then Johnny John Marino scores Johnny Hockey. It's like, oh. Yeah, that was pretty cool. (laughs) Last thing I want to say about the Blues is that, um, you know, Harp, you mentioned that last week in fantasy, you played uh, uh, my buddy Connor Coe from Osgood, and he's a big St. Louis fan. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but he's a big St. Louis fan. So in the offseason, we talked quite a bit uh, about some of the moves that they made. He was upset that they lost Perron, and he was equally upset that they signed Letty to that big ticket because right there like that's a one-for-one deal or a one-for-one swap basically for their money so like you can't tell me you couldn't have made that work when you know you're signing nick letty who you know is a serviceable defenseman but he's not a point per game forward heart and soul guy like david perron can be and we've seen him be in the past so interesting moves there for sure and just you know kind of weirded out at some of them and they're kind of paying for them right now as well that makes two st louis fans in our fantasy pool like taylor prosser is the biggest st louis fan i know oh that's right 
That's right. We have okay. I was talking to uh, a guy on Instagram the other day, and this is getting off the rails a little bit, but we're almost finished anyway. I was talking to a guy on the Boys in the Booth account the other day. He's like, "Hey, like, love listening to to your stuff," and, I, and we chatted back and forth. Uh, James is his name. He's a realtor from the, the GTA. So shout out to James. Uh, and I was talking to him about you know the teams that some of our our fans cheer for and whatnot. He's a Detroit fan, by the way, which. That wouldn't even make him the closest Detroit fan to us because we have Luke Sheridan, who's a nut uh, about the Red Wings. But if you look at the fans, like in our fantasy league alone, like if you look at those 20 guys, we have the weirdest collection of fans. Like we have Blue Jackets fans and Corey Morrell, Avalanche fans and Chad Gaskinet. I know he's not in the fantasy league, but another close guy to the podcast. Like just a collection of weirdos who cheer for the weirdest teams. And I absolutely love it because I feel like we're even more connected to the rest of the NHL and not just... You know, like so many people here I talk to in, in Toronto are just, you know, Toronto centric and they don't know any other team. So it's very refreshing that so many of our close buddies uh, in our fantasy league and, you know, outside and, and just support the podcast and whatnot are big fans of out of market teams, including you two idiots. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's funny, sort of in this virtual world that we have in our fantasy group chat and on here with you guys and everything it's a little more well-rounded we have more variety we've got a couple of sharks fans as well that uh, you know I, I wanted to mention and zach shankar and micaiah calder and that's right. um, so yeah it's 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 a little more balanced and it may be weird that's for sure but you know it's balanced and we're kind of covering all the bases and then it's like you know the, the minute I shut off the phone or the laptop or whatever, it's just back to the normal, like, yep, it's like the, the one weird Sabres fan out of all the Leafs, Habs, and Sens fans in yeah. uh, in this area. So, anyway, yeah, that's that's pretty funny to look at, <laughs> for sure. Yep. Alrighty, well, I think that does it, guys. Episode 146, talking about uh, some disappointing starts to the 22-23 NHL season. Again, it's early, but looking at that target, uh, American Thanksgiving, for, for some of these teams to pull up their socks and, and get their act together. But uh, there we go, Nashville, Pittsburgh, and St. Louis uh, being identified as disappointing starts to this season. We will chat with you next week for episode 147. Thank you so much for listening, and have yourself a great week. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 